Let's start off with the nugget. The price of future success. The price of future success. One more time. The price of future success is the sacrifice of today's pleasures. Is the sacrifice of today's pleasures. The price of future success is the sacrifice of today's pleasures. Amen. Think about that. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look, look to your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that uh, our hearts be open, Father God, and we will grow, Father God, because of the word. I thank you, Lord, that our faith, Father God, will grow. And Father God, as our faith grows, Father God, we will be doers of the word, not just hearers of it. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we grow in the church, glory to God, or if you've been in church for any length of time, we have a tendency to take some things for granted. You know, I'm saved and all that type of stuff, you know. Um, there's a word that we always hear that's used in the church, and that is souls or soul. Uh, we know the world is full of lost souls, and we are too, or we're responsible to go out and win souls or save souls, amen? But do we truly understand what the soul is, and do we truly understand the value of the soul? Okay, we're going to go on a rabbit trail right, real quick here. Um, in the year, or on January 28th, in the year of 814, Charlemagne, the great emperor of France, died. And uh, it was a sealed tomb. I mean, it was, you know, airtight. So everything is going to be pretty much the way it was when they put things in there. Uh, they opened his tomb after it had been sealed for a couple of centuries. They, meaning the Bishop Theomar of Mossenburg and Otto III, they discovered something amazing. Opening a tomb, you know, guy's been dead for a couple of years, uh, thousand years, so, you know. Um, along with the material treasures they found, they found a large marble throne. Think about it. Here's a big, giant throne, you know, and then all these other goodies there, you know. You know, like what you think of, I'm going to wrap, King Tut's tomb, and they found all the, you know, the, the vases with corn and, and other stuff, beads and all that type of stuff. Well, here it, it, in uh, Charlemagne's tomb, they found all sorts of treasures, but a large marble throne. And on the throne, there sat Charlemagne. And in his lap was a Bible. And the Bible was open. And his bony finger <laughs> was pointing to, let's go to this scripture, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. 
Now this part I'm not too sure of, the research. They did find an open Bible, but didn't it say it was pointed exactly? I didn't find that reference, but this is what it, they say happened. Matthew 18. Did I have that right? 18. I might have that. I might have written this one wrong. I wrote it wrong. Had to go in the wrong direction. Let's go. And maybe it's Mark. Let me look some Mark. No, Mark doesn't have that many chapters. Okay, well. Okay, those that are scholars, go out there and find this one. The scripture I'm looking for, for the bony finger was, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world he will, he will lose and lose his own soul? Say, for what profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? That's what his bony finger was pointing to. So uh, whatever the scripture that is, yell at that one, you'd find it. But now let's go to Mark, uh, the book of Mark, chapter 8. I know I got this one right. That is Matthew? Sixteen, okay. Okay, it's Matthew. Okay, so let's we want to go to Mark eight now. We're gonna look at that. Mark eight. Aren't you glad you came tonight? You got to open your Bibles and help me help me out. Maybe I'll do that often. <laughs> keep you on your toes or keep me on my toes one or two okay I said to Mark chapter 8 and we'll read from verse 36 for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul verse 37 or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul So the question is, what is your soul? What's your soul worth? And what does it mean to lose your soul? Okay. Uh, Jesus' words here in Mark 8, 36, it, it says, his soul, his own soul. So it's something that we have. Um, Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look at a bunch of these scriptures right now. Matthew chapter 10, looking at verse 28. Jesus speaking, Fear them not that which kill the body, but, and are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him that is able to destroy both the soul and body in hell. Wow. So there's that soul again. Okay, now I want to go to the Old Testament and find the book of Ezekiel chapter 18. And we want to look at verse 4. The Lord is saying, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, also the soul of the, of the Son is mine. So as the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Wow. So God 
says the souls are his. Okay. Back to uh, Matthew chapter 22 this time. Not back to, but finding Matthew chapter 22. In verse 37, Jesus says unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Glory to God. And with all thy mind. We're going to go run more, one more reference, two, two more references. Uh, Revelation chapter 6. And verse 9, that's Revelation 6, verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were, un, were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. So there's the souls. Glory to God. Now, the soul and the spirit are not the same. Soul and spirit are not the same. Let's look at that. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Find chapter 4. Yeah, we get, the, get this mixed up all the time. A lot of people. Hebrews chapter 4, and we will look at verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing understander of the soul and spirit, and the joints and marrow, and the discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So we see that the soul and spirit are different. Uh, reading that from the Amplified, For the word of God speaks, is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and the deepest parts of nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Glory to God. And let's back up a little bit to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, looking at verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless into the coming of the Lord. Uh, from the Amplified, may the, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from the profane things, make you pure and holy, consecrated to God. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved, sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Glory to God. Those are good. Okay, the, first, the Greek word for soul is uh, suche or something like that. It means psychic, you know, okay. And the other uh, Greek word for uh, spirit is, uh, I think it's pronounced pneuma. Um, the soul is the seat of our human will. Our character, our intellect, our thoughts, and our emotion. The soul is where we reason and decide and make choices. The essence of life as a, a human here on earth. 
our soul is what distinguishes and makes us uniquely different from anyone else. So that's your mind, will, and emotions, and your intellect. So your soul is what, what you're comprised of, people recognize. Okay. Um, the spirit, on the other hand, is your consciousness towards God. Okay. Everyone is born, everyone that's born into the world, let's go to Ephesians, back up a little bit more. In Ephesians chapter 2, in Ephesians chapter 2, oops, verse 1, Ephesians 2, 1, and you, he hath quickened who were, who were dead in trespasses and sin. So, everyone needs to be born spiritually because we are dead. Everybody's following that, I hope. Until the Holy Spirit quickens us and, or awakens us, our spirits remain dead. Glory to God, we're not dead in here anymore. About to make some noise. <laughs> Though our, our soul and spirit are distinct, they are inseparable. Okay? Uh, they are the part of us that lives after the physical body passes on. Okay? Now, what's, what's the worth of a soul? What's the worth of a human body? They say the body was worth about... $4.50. You know, all the different elements that it comprises. Unless you have gold teeth. <laughs> You're worth a little bit more. <laughs> we found out the soul is priceless. Mark 8.37. Um, the word exchange there is a term used to describe a business transaction. So let's go back there and look at that, Mark. $450. Uh, it might be changed now. I mean, if you look at it, some say it's a little bit higher than that, but you know. That's not too much on the, on the market values. Yeah, unless you got gold teeth. I got a couple of gold teeth. I'm better. <laughs> I think I got four of them. Crowns. So. A few cents more, maybe. Mark 8.37 once again. What shall, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Or that exchange again. Um is a term for a business transaction. There's nothing in the world that can buy your soul. Or you could sell, you could sell, can't, you shouldn't be able to sell your soul. But often people do sell their souls. Um, it's known that entertainers, a lot of entertainers, want to be on the top of, you know, of stardom to be, and they actually say they sold their soul to Satan to become 
to become, you know, star. I mean, that's pretty stupid, but, you know, people do, do things like that. Um, the one thing that gives our soul infinite worth is that we have been created in God's image. That you could, we could look at that up. You should have read that by now. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, that uh, we are made in God's image. And another thing that gives us our soul infinite worth, let's go to the book of Ecclesiastics, which is right after Proverbs. That's Ecclesiastics chapter 12. Look at verse 7. Then shall the dust then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Glory to God. So that's why we're worth something. Because the Spirit, we are Spirit. Made in God's image. Now, the body. That wonderful body. In America, we spend $10 billion on cosmetic surgeries. That's pretty good. You know, making these, you know, these stars you know, get all good looking. We spend, ladies, $18 billion on makeup. We, well, that's not too bad, but look at this, listen to this one. $38 billion on haircuts, or hair care, I should say. You know, the weaves and the, and the, what do you call those things? I don't know. 15 billion on perfume. 20 billion on dieting. No wonder they want you at Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and all that. They make some money off you. All that money just to make our $4.50 bodies look good. <laughs> But what's, what's our soul worth, you know, the real you? Think about it. We have something inside of us that's priceless and so valuable that Jesus gave himself, willing to give himself to save our souls. Who can, who can boast that we are righteous, our own righteous, I'll put it that way. Uh, just as Isaiah says, we are a people of unclean lips, unclean hearts. And the only thing that can cleanse us is the precious blood of Jesus. Now let's go back to the New Testament. Let's go to the book of Luke. Boy, we're going to get out of here by 8. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 12. Luke 12, starting with verse 16. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, Ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And when he thought himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, 
this will I do. I will pull down my barns and I build greater, and there I will uh, bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to myself, Soul, thou hast much goods and laid up for many years. Now take thy ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Whoa! This rich man spent his last hours grasping at things of the world. He was not looking to God. He was looking for gold instead of God. He thought of pleasure instead of people. He thought of ease instead of eternity. Now, what would your reaction be? Of course, he didn't know that he was going to go, leave at that point, but if you knew you were going to leave tonight, what would your act, reaction be? Give it all away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's one thing. Give it all. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7. We're looking at verse 21. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have we cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works? And then he and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Well, if you were going to pass away tonight, if we all knew we were going to pass away tonight, uh, I think we want to look at these three verses and say, not only give away everything, but establish something. Let's go to John chapter 5. That's John chapter 5. Well, I'm, I'm really messing up here. Oh, that, no wonder. That's chapter 6. Okay. John chapter 5. Verse 24. That's John chapter 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on them that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. You want to make sure, if we were going to be called tonight, if we had a hint of what was going to take place, if the prophet Isaiah would walk in and say, tonight you're, you're <laughs> get things right, you're going to pass away. Uh, what did, you remember what, uh, oh, who, who was that, Hezekiah? Yeah, Hezekiah, I believe. Hezekiah, he turned and he, he said, okay. He turned and he started praying. What? He prayed what? Make sure that I know where, you know, if I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to be in the right place. And because he prayed, the prophet, before he can get out the back door, was told to go back in and say, 
You've got 15 years added to your life. Well, that was good, but if you look at the next 15 years, towards the end there, he went bad. So sometimes it's better to go when you're called than to prolong and fall, fall down, okay? You know, fall away, okay? But uh, we just want to make sure of our salvation. Yeah. Lord, I'm calm. I'm, I'm born again. Uh, there's nothing I, I have done to, to get into heaven except for the Lord Jesus Christ, you know. I accept him as my savior, you know, and we, we know we got a good thing. Okay, now there's three things that the Bible declares about man. One, man is lost. He can't find his way. But Jesus is the way. Okay. Two, man is blind. He can't see the truth. Jesus is the truth. We need to see him. Three, man is dead. We can't feel or experience life. But Jesus is the life. And you'll find that in John chapter 14, verse 6. I'm the way, the truth, and life, Jesus said. Okay. Okay, what kind of reaction would we have on this, you know, this being told that uh, we are going to pass on? Uh, the rich man said, uh, I've got pleasures. Um, instead, uh, he should have been thinking about people. It's what you take to heaven. It's not what you gather here on earth. Uh, Thank God we're going to be taking a lot of people with us to heaven. Uh, maybe you're, you're not, quote, a soul winner that goes out, but if you're financing uh, missions and uh, praying for, the, on the, for those on the mission field and praying for your brothers and sisters in the Lord and praying for those that are lost, you, be uh, in your account or your balance, okay? So we need to know... know uh, have people in our lives. Uh, Second Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter four. This is what we need to do. If you were given the uh, extension, if they were, the Lord would say, "Okay, you're, 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 you prayed to me, and I'm going to give you an extension. You're not going to die tonight." Here's what we need to do. Second uh, Timothy chapter one, uh, pardon me, chapter four, verse one. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Go out there and share. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Those are those are people out there right now. But after their own lust, they will keep unto themselves teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of, the, of thy ministry. Who's he talking to? He's talking to us. 
For I know, for now I am ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. See that? Go out there and do the work before your time's up. For I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Glory to God. Let's keep the faith. Let's, let's work the works that we have called to do. The choice is ours. Uh, to live and die as the rich man, or to live and die as Paul did. Wow, that's an eye-opener, isn't it? <laughs> to have all those pleasures of the rich man, all of us want that. I mean, you know, we want a better life and all that type of stuff. But we're called to do a commission. And Paul said, those things are left behind. I'm not turning back to that. I'm reaching for the prize. I'm, reaching, I'm going to heaven, but I've got to take people with me. So we need to get out there and do a work. Okay? So you're ready to go home. I'm getting these down real quick. Now. In this cold weather, we got, you know, the bad thing about it, I found out something here today. Not the bad thing, but, you know, I'm going, we're, we're headed to Florida this coming week. And we were going to, I was going to pack short sleeve shirts, you know, not shorts, but short sleeve shirts. They're having, they're expecting the worst winter there for the long time. They're going to have the average of four, uh, 50 degrees down to 40 degrees in, in the evening. So I'm packing long sleeve shirts. Okay. So I don't know how I got on that one, but. What does it mean for one to lose his soul? First, what is God offering to redeem a soul? Romans chapter 6. Looking at Romans chapter 6. This is what God's offering. Verse 23, last verse of Romans 6. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to read that from the Amplified. For the wages of sin pay, pays in death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through, in union with Christ Jesus our Lord. So that's what we have. That's the first thing that we, our, our souls are, are, quote, are given, glory to God, the eternal gift of life through Jesus Christ. Let's back, uh, go forward to the book of Ephesians once again. And we want to find Ephesians chapter 1 again. Uh, Ephesians 1. This is what God offers to the redeemed soul. Ephesians 1, verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. From the Amplified, in him we have redemption, deliverance, and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings, and trespasses in accordance with the, with the riches and generosity of his gracious favor. Glory to God. Forgiveness of sins. Redeemed. This is what God has given us. Amen. 
And to lose our soul, we would have to reject all this. 1 Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that, that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. From the Amplified, verse 16. Do you not discern and understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's Spirit has His permanent dwelling in you? To be at home in you collectively as a church and also as individuals. God's with us for eternity. Glory to God. That's an assurance. Never leave you you nor forsake us. Psalms 16. The book of Psalms. Verse 11, Psalm 16, 11, the last verse. That will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. And at thy right hand are the pleasures forevermore. Uh, from the Amphite, you will show me the path of life. In your pre- presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Glory to God. That, that's joy for eternity. That means there's peace. You have peace. There's happiness. I mean, joy and happiness go hand in hand together there. And let's go to Revelation chapter 21. In Revelation chapter 21. Look at verse 4. 21, 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are all passed away uh, from the Amplified. God will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any anguish, sorrow, mourning, or grief, or pain anymore, for the old conditions and the former older order of things have passed away. Don't have to have that anymore. That's right. Why reject, you know, just these, these four or five things right here? Why, why do people reject the Lord when all these beautiful things are, are given to us? Okay. Back to Matthew chapter, back to the book of Matthew, and looking at chapter 25. So when one, when one loses his soul, he forfeits everything God is offering. And this is what happens. Uh, that's Matthew chapter 25, looking at verse 41. Then they shall say unto him, them on the left, and depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow, that's heavy. 
Verse uh, 45. Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily, verily, I said unto you, inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did not uh, do it unto me. So, we forfeit all the good things that uh, the Lord is, would give to us. And let's go to the, almost the last scripture, Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter one. Second Thessalonians chapter one, we will look at verses seven through nine. And to you who are are doubted rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obeyed not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Wow. I'm going to read that from the Amphite. And verse 7, and to recompense you who are so distressed and afflicted by granting you relief. That's where I want to go. Yeah. Relief along with your fellow sufferers when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in a flame of fire to deal out or retribution, retribution, chastisement and vengeance upon those who do not or perceive to become acquainted with God. And upon those who ignore and refuse to obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Such people will pay the penalty and suffer the punishment of everlasting ruin, destruction, and perdition. The eternal uh, exclusion and banishment from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. But that's something we don't want to fall into. But a lot of people will be falling into that situation. It says in the last days, a lot of people will be deceived. Many Christians are falling on the, um, by the wayside. Other Christians are, are holding on. We need to hold on to what we have been taught, what the scripture sh shares, and don't fall for um, one of the biggest deceptions that's coming into the body of Christ now is Chrislam. Churches are, are you know, following through on that and we just don't want it. Everlasting, the, the, the everlasting, oh, pardon me, existing forever in the same place with Satan and all his demons, with every pervert, criminal, and despot who ever lived, in a place of eternal fires, eternal darkness, eternal torment, eternal fear and sorrow, a place of wailing and gnashing of teeth is no place you want to be. We need, they are being forever regretful of their opportunity. They had to accept Jesus Christ, but didn't. They refused to listen. The very moment you, they stepped into eternity, they would gladly exchange everything in the world to have a second chance, but it's too late. You know. What does one have to do to lose his soul? 
The answer is simply nothing. You have to do something. You've got to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. You need to work the works that we're called to do. We are called and commissioned to do something. Um, in the military, if you refuse an, article, uh, uh, an order, they will uh, put you in the brig and give you an Article 32, drum you out and so forth. You don't want that in God's army. You don't want to be drummed out. That's in the wrong place, okay? And uh, the last scripture, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 tells us, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which was the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? Uh, from the Amplified, How shall we escape appropriate retribution if we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such great salvation as it is now offered to us, letting it drift past us forever? For it was declared first by the Lord himself, and it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard him speak. Amen. How can you escape or how did they neglect the salvation? They kept on ignoring it. How many people do you, you know that? Well, not this time around. They keep in, uh, rejecting the invitation of the Lord. They keep ignoring the warnings. Um, those that have, have gone so winning, you know, you, uh, next time you come around, I, I, you know, I'm not now, um, I'm a little bit busy right now, I, uh, you know, it doesn't work. And finally, there, was, there is no one who ever goes to hell that will be able to say, God, you put me here. He says, I'll give you a gift, salvation, accept it, and you'll be saved. And no one who goes to heaven will be able to say, I put myself there. Amen. Amen. Think on those things. We need to. Title is the soul. If you're writing it, a little different. We need to come alive. Let's all stand. We'll we'll close up. I told you to get out here early. I'm getting better. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that we know who we are, Father God, in the body of Christ, and we know who we are as your children, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that uh, as the opportunities come our way, Father God, we will not fail you, Father God, but, Father God, we will be zealous to do the, the works that you've called us to do, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the boldness, Father God, and the confidence, Father God, to go forth, Father God. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We look for that time, Father God, when you tell Jesus 
to bring us up, Father God. But until that time, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that, that we will keep our hands busy, Father God, doing that you, what you've called us to do. Give us each night a good night's rest for tomorrow's endeavors, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that uh, we have hands to heal, Father God, words to heal. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, that as we come before people, Father God, great and mighty things will begin to take place in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>